0: Before we do that, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we read in your word that it is breathed out by you, that it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness and even though this passage is small and our time is brief i pray that you would do these things father so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work amen if you'd like to uh, turn in your bibles to colossians chapter 3 we are going to look at verses 16 and 17 and you can find this on page 1184 of the pew bibles And because it's our church at prayer service, I'll give uh, a few thoughts to help us understand the passage and then a few thoughts to help us as we come to pray later on. So let's read Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The problem in the little church at Colossae was simple. It was in danger of falling for false teaching. False teaching which undermined the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ in all things and the fullness that can only be found in him. And when the Apostle Paul found out about this false teaching, he wrote to the Colossians, firstly to remind them of this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which saved them from their sins. And secondly, to contrast this gospel with the false teaching which could not save them from their sins. And that is what chapters 1 and 2 of Colossians are about. And then in chapter 3, Paul instructs the Colossians how to live out their faith in different scenarios, such as in their relationship with Christ. In their relationships in the family home, in their relationships at work, and in their relationships with outsiders. And in our two verses tonight, Paul is instructing them how to relate to one another within the church. So, what should we do when we meet with fellow believers on a Sunday, or in our groups during the week, or even informally? And what should our attitude be? Well, from what Paul says in this passage, my first point is this. The church should be united under Jesus' word. United under Jesus' word. Look at verse 16 with me. Paul tells the Colossians that they're to let the word dwell in them richly as they do three things as they teach, as they admonish, and as they sing. Now, when we talk about the word of Christ, what we mean is the Bible. Um, Jesus says in John 5 that it, the scriptures testify to him. And that is what Paul uh, wants to dwell richly in the Christians the Word of Christ, the Bible. Paul wants the Word of Christ to be at home in them, to go deep into their hearts and to inform everything that they do. And this is a particular challenge to us. I wonder if this is true of you. I wonder also whether it's true of me and of us collectively. Do we know the Bible? Do we love it? Do we meditate on it? Do we esteem it? Well, if we do, it will hugely affect how we relate to others. And with that in mind, let's think just briefly about the three specific ways of relating that Paul mentions in this passage. Firstly, teaching. Teaching is where we explain and apply the word of Christ to to, to each other. And Paul is talking in this passage more broadly than simply preaching, as I'll explain shortly. Although it's not less than that. Secondly, admonishing, not a word that we use a lot, but it just means to warn. And in the context of this passage, Paul means warning others about the danger of wandering from the truth. And notice that when it comes to teaching and admonishing, everyone is involved. Paul says, as you teach and admonish one another. Not everyone can have a public role, but everyone has a role in speaking the truth to other members and in correcting them if they're drifting from the truth. Thirdly, singing. The songs the church sings are to reflect the word of Christ and all that Christ has done for us. And notice, would you, that singing is to be done with gratitude in our hearts. Singing isn't just an opportunity to stretch our legs. It's one of the main ways that we express our thanks to God. But here's a question. Why is the word of Christ so central to these three areas of church life? Well, it's because this is where we found wisdom to carry out these responsibilities. Let's be clear. The wisdom there in verse 16 is not man's wisdom. This is wisdom that comes from allowing the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. And in fact, that was Paul's prayer for the Colossians back in chapter 1. That God would fill them with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that they may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly is not simply about possessing facts. It's about speaking this wisdom into each other's lives so that we are built up as the body of Christ. And this is why Paul wants the word of Christ to dwell in the the Colossians' lives richly as they teach and as they admonish and as they sing to one another. So the church should be united under God's word. But would you notice secondly that the church should also be united in Jesus' name? United in Jesus' name. Look at verse 17 with me. This is a really all-encompassing instruction, isn't it? Whatever you do, Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Notice again the centrality of Jesus Christ. Paul is instructing the Colossians that in everything they say and everything they do, it should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. I sometimes have to do things in the name of my boss, Um, nothing that exciting, unfortunately. But when I'm doing things in his name, I, I am in effect his ambassador. This means that everything I say and everything I do is governed by the fact that I'm working on his behalf. And it brings me added responsibility for my words and for my actions. And those of us here today who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are also ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are his representatives. We are his witnesses to each other and to an unbelieving world. All of our words and all of our deeds are to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. And friends, if we grasp this truly, it would transform our words and our deeds. We would relate to fellow members of this church differently. We would relate to our church leaders differently. And we would relate to an unbelieving world differently. So how does knowing all this help us to pray? Well, three things. Firstly, let's pray that we would be a church where the word of Christ dwells deeply in all that we do. You might say, oh, but we're Charlotte Chapel. We have a strong tradition of being a Bible-teaching church. Don't be fooled. We're only ever one generation away from losing the gospel. Very often, what is taught in one generation becomes assumed in the second, forgotten in the third, and denied in the fourth. So pray that the word of Christ would dwell deeply in all that we do. And pray that we would speak this life-giving word to one another. Secondly, pray that we would be people who are more thankful towards God. You'll notice that in our passage there are two phrases that talk about thankfulness. Thankfulness is not an optional extra for a Christian. It's a command. One commentator put it like this, believers who are full of gratitude to God for his gracious calling will find it easier to extend to fellow believers the grace of love and forgiveness and to put aside petty issues that might inhibit the expression of peace in the community. So pray that we would be a thankful people. Thirdly and finally pray that in whatever we do whether in word or deed we would do all in the name of the Lord Jesus there's an inbuilt assumption in verse 17 that members of the church will be doing something in the name of the Lord Jesus. And whatever you're doing to support the mission of this church, whether you might think it, whether it's uh, important to you or not, remember who you're doing it for, the Lord Jesus. And I think at the same time we need to confess there are things that we do and things that we say that are not befitting of the name of the Lord Jesus. Things that, to use the language of Paul in Colossians, should have already been put to death. So pray that our church would be a place where the yardstick for all that we say and do is whether it can be said or done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let me finish by saying this. When Christ's word dwells in us richly as we teach and admonish and sing, when all of our words and our deeds are done in Christ's name, that will be a united church where there will be much gratitude in our hearts to God the Father through Christ that is a church that is living out what it means to be in Christ and that is a church that I hope we all long to be a part of as we come now to spend some time in prayer together